to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy. Certain point. If you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star, then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status. We, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even saying eat meat, but at least put some cereal in the milk. Come on. <laughs> you, that's like taking six, 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 the mark of the beast, and redefining it, like Biggie tried to do, and saying, no, it means this or that. No, 666 is 666, you can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Okay, biblical fasting two. This is the second part to what we talked about last week. Did y'all enjoy it last week? Yes. Did it make sense to you? Yes. Made sense. War in the body. In the Old Testament, fasting was used as penance, self-punishment, self-infliction. Daniel said, I, I, I inflicted myself. It was self-inflicted. It was inflicting the flesh to get God's attention, similar to sackcloth and ashes or the Nazarite vow etc. So in the Old Testament, to get God's attention, to show God that you are serious and you meant business, they would go into sackcloth and ashes or many times they would just fast, not eat, and inflict their body with pain as a sacrificial motion to God. Ezra 8 and 21 says, Then I proclaim a fast there at the river of Ahaba that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance but because Jesus has come we now point to him in Calvary to be the sacrifice once and for all so there is no more fasting to get God to do something or to move the hand of God the spirit of God now is the comforter it is the Holy Ghost it leads us and guides us and it's always available amen it's always there. You don't, you don't make it more powerful by fasting. The power of God is the power. Look at somebody say, the power of God, the power of God is, the power of God. is the power of God. Amen. There's no pecking order. There's no, I got a greater portion. I got more. People try to use that. Uh, 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 Elisha asking for a double portion of Elijah. That's a different dispensation of the Holy Ghost that don't happen no more. It's only one portion for all of us to benefit from. Amen? Amen. So we're not, you don't have double, you don't have triple, you're not mighty and powerful, more powerful than this person. You know, when people call, say that to me, man, you're a mighty man of God. I'm like, you are too. We all are. Amen? You just don't know how to use your might. But because Jesus has come, we now point to him and Calvary to be the sacrifice once and for all. Of course, Hebrews 10 and 10 says, By the which will we are sacrificed through offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for what? Oh, there are no more sacrifices. Look, somebody said no more sacrifices. There's nothing you can do to merit more God. Did y'all hear me? Nothing you can do to merit more God. As a preacher said, man, you wrong. 
when you go on a fast, you get more God than the rest of the people. And that's what separates those that are real from those that I said, man, you crazy. That makes no sense. There is no more of God if it's Jesus. If it's Jesus and the Holy Spirit, then it's Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Amen. There are no rations of the Holy Ghost. But that's what all these different manifestations taught the church. Oh, he can speak in tongues. Oh, when he prayed, folks fall out and go underground. And so we, that, that's where this pecking order came from. It's all a bunch of foolishness. It don't make any sense. No, there's, a, there's only one dispensation of the Holy Ghost and it's available for all of us. Power of the Holy Ghost came to man to lead and guide them. So fasting does not replace the leading of the spirit. However, look somebody say however. however. Because we are flesh and our flesh wars against the spirit, we should fast to deny the flesh when it begins to win the battle over the spirit. So there comes a time when your flesh wins the battle over the spirit and you don't feel as spiritual. You don't operate as spiritual because you're operating fleshly. Does that make sense? Don't mean the Holy, something's wrong with your Holy Ghost. Don't mean that the Holy Spirit isn't as powerful as it was before. It, that's just, look at somebody say, that's just you. You in the way. Flesh is in the way. You've been operating in flesh. Galatians 5 and 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you ought to. So, you got the flesh and the spirit warring against. And that's a capital S that tells us that it is God's spirit. So, God's spirit and your flesh are fighting for ownership of your spirit. So, each one of them is fighting to use your spirit. So, when the flesh starts winning then God's spirit is weakened. But God's spirit is never weaker or stronger than it is. It's just in you, there's too many obstacles for it to work through, and so it's not working right. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Too much flesh, look at somebody say, too much flesh in the way. It's too much flesh in the way. So you stop eating to move flesh out of the way. Is this making sense? This gives us clarity and helps our body and our mind to obey the spirit's leading. So you start seeing and hearing things that you couldn't see and hear before. Doesn't mean there's more of God. Doesn't mean that God is different. It means you are different. Seven fasting truths. Seven things we got to understand about fasting and then we're going to be done. Y'all enjoying this? Is this making sense? I hope this is helping you. Now the church Say that they call in a fast so that they can build a new building. What does not eating have to do with buying lumber and metal? What does not eating have to do with what money you want to spend? You want to spend the money. What does it have to do? Won't y'all just take the money? Now, if you're going to take the money that you didn't spend eating and give that toward the building fund, okay, I understand. Everybody just starve so y'all can have a nice building. But fasting to move the hand of God to bring more money so you can do something you want to do? God ain't into building no buildings. Why would he care about a big building? And oh, in the front of the edifice, we have a giant aquarium with piranha in it. They've already killed one man. See, see, see what happens? But how are you going to build a gigantic fish tank and say it was God? 
God wants everything beautiful and he wants it immaculate and excellence. It's one church. Somebody emailed me and said their church is fasting for excellence. And it, that, just, that just sounds homosexual. Fasting for meticulous excellence. So if ever a man is meticulous, something's wrong with him. Amen. You better check your husband's closet. Amen. If stuff ain't laying around and he ain't throwing stuff around. Everything is just right. I need my white shoes. I need my black shoes. Then I need some of your shoes. Then I need my red shoes. Something is wrong with that. Feet don't ever stink. Come on, man. Don't ever leave the toilet seat up. Ever. Is he sitting down? Somebody say something is wrong. Something is wrong. Amen. This stuff men just do globally. It's just like a, it's just a man thing. Amen. Men, it's just all men. It's just all equal. There ain't no meticulous real man. Some stuff a real man just don't care about. Now the women, yes. Women, no, no, this just don't look right. This needs to. Yeah, that's a woman. But men, if that's just bothered you and. Oh, baby, that dress you have on, oh, it just needs to be hemmed. <laughs> hemmed to your size, baby? Let me show you how to walk in them shoes. Oh, you just bother me. You're going to have back problems. <laughs> Amen, men. We talk about this stuff in our men's meeting. We're we going to be men. Amen. Amen. Every now and then, the toilet seat is just going to be left up on purpose. Just to show you that a man was in here. Just every now and then, you gonna splash. Get mad, but then think, well, could be worse. What does that have to do with fasting? Stay on the subject, preacher. Talking to myself. Seven truths, fasting truths. These things are very important, then we'll be done. For real. Fasting is not a substitute for righteous living. You ain't going to live like hell and then try to fast it away. You living like the devil. And they're going to go on a fast and try to make it all right. We cannot practice sin for a season and then fast to merit God's will. We must live for the Lord and use fasting to aid us in living for the Lord. But we should always, look at somebody say, we should always live for the Lord. Always. So you don't go on a fast because you, you know, heathenistic and the fast is going to straighten it out for a season. No, 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 that's not, no. You're supposed to be always living right, whether you fast or not. Will you, will you live right, please? Amen. That's, that's what the Catholic Church practices with that Ash Wednesday. And y'all see them walking around with the, with the ashes on their forehead and all that. They're going to give up something for 40 days. 40 days. Only 40 days. Because when the clock strikes 12 a.m. on day 40, whatever they gave up, they're going to do worse than they did before. I gave up drinking for 40 days. Day 41, Mad Dog USA. I'm drinking liquor that I didn't drink before the fast. 
pie's messing up my liver. Now I'm, I'm aiming at the kidneys. No, we don't do that. Second John 6 tells us, and this is love, that we walk after his what? If you love him, you're going to walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye heard from the beginning, ye should do what? Every day of your life, you're supposed to walk in his commandments. Amen? So we're going to live for the Lord. We're going to walk in his commandments. We're going to fast. Maybe we're going to fast to drop something we're doing that we shouldn't be doing. But, I mean, we're not going on the fast to be saved during the fast. And then after the fast or before the fast, we unsaved. Fasting is not sacrificial. We present our bodies, living sacrifices, by operating in our what? And accepting God's plan instead of our own. We operate in our creation roles and accept God's plan instead of our own. That's what presenting our bodies a living sacrifice means. A living sacrifice means, God, this is your body. So what you want to do is what I'll do. Amen? Not my will, and then I'm going to stamp you on it. Not what I want to do, and I'm going to spray you on that like cologne and make it smell better. No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defy my will. My will means nothing, and it's all about your will. That's presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice. Fasting can aid in this, but it is not payment to God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a what? Holy, acceptable unto God, which is what? You're reasonable. This is what you're just supposed to do. Not fasting, not to impress God. You're just supposed to do it. See, we come from different backgrounds in here. A lot of you grew up Baptist. A lot of you grew up Methodist. A lot of you grew up in different denominations where certain things were allowed that other things weren't allowed and all of that. Well, I don't know where that is and where your meter is and where your limit is and all of that. But the bottom line is we're supposed, it's reasonable for us to live right and live holy. What is holy? That means we're not sinning. Amen? Every day. We're just not going to practice sin. Amen? We ain't going to cuss. Amen? We don't, Chris, look somebody say Christians don't curse. We ain't going to use bad language. Amen? We're not going to even hang around sinners. That's right. Amen. If all your buddies are sinners, then something's wrong with you. I mean, you ain't showing them, the, showing them a better way because they ain't accepted it. They still the same. It tells a lot about you, man. When I meet some of y'all's friends, I be, man, I, be, I go home, I be like, man, what in the world is this dude even saved? Well, we grew up, and when I was young, he, he took a bullet for me. And, <laughs> but dude, but he ain't saved. And he's staring down your wife. Are you crazy? Can I tell the truth in here? We're just going to live holy. I don't care where you came from. Well, that's allowed. That was allowed back in our church. But if it's not holy, then it shouldn't be allowed in your temple. Forget the big church. Let's talk about your temple. Number three, fasting does not replace good decision making. Oh, gosh, Lord have mercy. I don't have time. I don't have time. Fasting does not replace good decision making or cover up the truth. We can't fast when we have done the fool and expect not eating to somehow fix the consequences of our actions. I had a lady tell me I'm fasting because I married the wrong man. You might as well eat. But it wasn't my fault. Did you pick him? Yeah. So you're not going to eat to change him? You did the fool. You can't go rob a bank and then go on a fast. Broke in a car. 
surveillance cameras caught you. And now you're on a fast. Yeah, you're going to be on a burrito and, and punch fast that they feed you in the jail. Brother, pray for me. I did something. I did something bad. Why would I pray for you? I'm calling the cops right now on the three-way. That could have been my call. You know what I'm saying? Man, I ain't keeping this. We must make good decisions as men and women and live with the consequences of our actions. Although the fast can put us in a better position to make good decisions at times, it will not change our bad decisions. You went and bought a car that you could not afford. A fast ain't going to save. Y'all, let's go on a fast. We're going to fast and pray. No, you should have done that before you bought it. Then you would have heard your wallet. Your wallet opened up and jumped on the table and started opening up. No! No! Don't do it! The fast would have allowed you to see that. You had so much in the way you could you couldn't hear your wallet. Just bouncing. Broke! But this is just the truth. Look, somebody says the truth. How are you gonna fast to stop the repo man? Slept around and got pregnant. You on a fast. For one, you can't fast while you're pregnant. But you just all over dumb. Two, why you sleeping around and you supposed to be safe? What's wrong with you? Safe folk don't sleep around. Man, spirit of hoochie ain't in the kingdom. You a hoe? Pastor Craig, it done happened again. I don't want to hear that. The devil. The devil? you that night then get yourself together and quit then you want to try to fast you can't fast kids away can I tell the truth in here can I tell the truth Isaiah 58 and 4 says if keeping from food makes you quickly angry ready for fighting or give blows with evil hands your holy days are not such as to make your voice come to my ears but God is just being funny with it like if you gonna be doing the food and then try to fast, then they gonna make me hear you. That's right. That's what he just said. Just, I mean, it's just point blank. I mean, what is your fast? You you fasting for foolishness? Number four, fasting does not bring God to you. If it did, then it would have been commanded by the disciples. Nowhere in the Bible is fasting in the New Testament commanded by the disciples. If, if, if it was gonna bring God to you more, and the presence of God was gonna be greater on you then they would have said this is the formula fasting will do that John 14 and 16 and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you what forever so the Holy Ghost brings God to us but fasting just clears the path so we can hear him with clarity and precision y'all hear that but the Holy Ghost brings God to you because it is the spirit of the Lord John 14 and 16, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, and he that he may abide with you forever. So that comforter doesn't, uh, doesn't change. It's the comforter. It's just you change when you fast. Number five, p- fasting should never be used to look or appear more spiritual than others. You can fast for half a year, and you will be no more saved than a person that never fasts. Amen. Amen. 
So we're not trying to make it in here where it's, that church is always on the fast. No, no. That's why I left it up to you. You fast. You, it, you go on the fast. I left it up to you how long you wanted to fast. I left it up to you what you need to do during your fast. As far as, I mean, because some of you may have active occupations where you are active and you're burning fuel. You're not going to last 21 days eating nothing. And you're burning. You have to put in enough to burn. Man, Jesus went on a 40-day fast. You know where he went to fast? In the wilderness. Where all you had to do was lay on some leaves for 40 days. You working? You, you work construction operate A uh, 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 jackhammer. You've been on a 21-day fast. You come church, your foot gone. What, what up, Jesus? <laughs> Couldn't control the jackhammer. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's spiritual. He can see Jesus. You better ask Jesus for another foot. Matthew 6 and 16. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto me in the fast. So they put stuff on it, powder it up, and put ash all around their lips, and eat some powdered donuts and everything. Verily I say unto you, they have their rewards. Everybody looking at them saying, oh man, you are seeking God in your and everybody clap for them because that's their reward. That's all they're going to get. Oh, Hope you enjoyed that hand clap. It's not about looking spiritual, but it's about Jesus and the price he paid for us. Sure, fasting can be good when done right, but it's no measure of a person's spirituality. Amen. Number six, fasting is not a weapon. You don't get spiritually stronger by fasting because the Holy Spirit is the power you fight with. They don't have nothing to do with your strength. You ain't even use fasting as a weapon. 2 Corinthians tells us, for the weapons of our warfare are not what? But what? Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It's not not even about earthly power and distributing or, or exhibiting power to impress or to scare people. But fasting does make us better fighters if our flesh has been in the way. I had a pastor do that. He would go on a 30-day fast, lose all his weight, get all skinny, and then he would get up and talk about all the stuff he can see that people are doing. So I'm going on a fast. You better get right. It's not a weapon. Look, somebody say it's not a weapon. But, the, but you can't fast for more power. You fast so the power you have can be utilized more. You're not getting more power. You're just using the power you have effectively. Because we all got power if we got the Holy Ghost. You got the Holy Ghost if you are a believer and saved. Number seven, fasting is not required, but it is recommended. The New Testament doesn't give us a command to fast, but we should do it when we feel we need to. It's a resource that has been used by every religion since the beginning of time. Uh Uh-oh, y'all going to think I'm new age now, but I'm going to tell the truth. Look, somebody say he's going to tell the whole truth. Tell you the whole truth. Pagans fast so they can so they can better hear the demons that speak to them. Okay. Yes, sir. They do. Buddhists, every religion, they go on fast and cleanse themselves so that they can seek the power that they're seeking. Even though their God is all wrong, the method still works for all. When seeking God's direction, if our flesh is overpowering our spirit, a fast is a great resource. Acts 13 and 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, now they wouldn't have heard the Holy Ghost say this had they not gone fast. Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Paul, for the work whereunto I have called them. In other words, let's, let's split them apart. They were 
Paul wanted one thing, Barnabas wanted another. They were sitting there like, hey, we got to make a decision now. Are we going to take John Mark with us or are we going to leave him there? Paul said, nope, leave him. Barnabas said, let's take him. So they said, hey, let's go on a fast and pray and see what God says. Let's see what the Holy Ghost says. And then the Holy Ghost spoke to him and said, this is the way I want it. Because the Holy Ghost is looking at us right now and knowing what we need in our Bible. Summary. When we are on a flesh assignment instead of a God assignment, then we are vulnerable to cave in to the temptation. Fasting curbs our desire to please our flesh. Bringing our flesh under control of God's will requires us to fast and pray so that self will be what? Denied and the spirit man can be nourished without distraction. Jesus fasted to to prepare for his greatest temptation. That's when the devil took him on the mountain. Most people don't even read that into it. But Jesus went and fasted. And the Bible said immediately after his fast ended, the devil came to tempt him. To say, okay, Jesus, is this going to be about you or is it going to be about your purpose? Put it right before him, just like he does every one of us. Jesus fasted to prepare for his greatest temptation and did not allow the enemy to change his mind or his course. This is what we must do to conquer the flesh for a season and stand, and I said for a season because the flesh is going to come back, and stand against the enemy when he tempts us. Matthew 4 and 2, and when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards hungry. Jesus was hungry. So those folks that tell you, you know, they used to teach us that when you're fasting, if you're fasting in the spirit, you don't get hungry. Somebody was lying. Oh, they lying like that. You're not supposed to be hungry during a fast. That means you're in the flesh. Can I fast without my flesh? That don't make any sense. And I got a bunch of emails. Why am I hungry? Why, why am I hungry? Why am I still hungry? I'm like, because you're not eating. I, mean, I didn't understand what they were saying until finally someone reminded me that the old school church used to teach that when you go on a real fast down in your belly and God is moving, you don't get hungry. Because somebody said they was lying. They were just straight up fibbing. I got so hungry in the bed one night, I, my pillow started looking like a marshmallow. A giant Susie Q. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, now here's the devil, right after Jesus is hungry, command these stones to be made bread. And I know we know Jesus was the Son of God, but he was still flesh. He could do it too. He could make it what he wanted. But he said, nope, get behind me, Satan. Why did he come tempt him to turn stones to bread? Because he was hungry. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense? So Jesus' greatest temptation, most popular temptation in the whole Bible, came from a 40-day fast. Did this make sense for you? Amen. Everybody bow your heads. God, we thank you, Lord, for your truth and your word. And how it just all makes sense. And we don't want to be spooky and weird. We want to just believe what you wrote. Apply it to our lives so that we can walk it out daily. Without distraction. Without uh, emphasis on certain things that we grew up with. That were traditions of men. But God, we want to do things your way. So I pray right now that you would lead each and every one of us. If, even if we need to extend the fast. Or do we need to fast later on in the year. Or just whatever we need to do, God. We're mature enough to understand that. And we want to hear your voice. And we want you to speak to us for our own individual situations, God. There's no pecking order in your church. You speak to us all. That you can lead us all in the way that we should go. In Jesus' name we believe that. Amen.
You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.